bring this with me because I'm not really sure. I'm, you know, East Tennessee, allergies and ragweed and all kinds of crazy things. You guys know that. You've been here long enough. Um, I'm trying to figure out how can it be that it rains so much and still there's so much still stuff still in the air. But anyway, um, good morning. It is truly a blessing and a privilege to be here to worship with you today. Uh, I thank uh, Pastor Wes for the opportunity. As I was uh, saying earlier, I met Pastor Wes probably, you know, a couple of three weeks ago, and uh, and we were we were in a telephone conversation about something else, and I kind of gave him my background and everything. He said, "Oh, by the way, do you want to preach?" I said, "Okay, sure." He said, have you preached before? I said, yeah, I have a little bit. <laughs> and he says, well, okay. Uh, I'd like for you to come up and uh, share with our congregation. And so here I am. So I thank you. Uh, as I said, it is truly, truly a blessing to be here. All right, today uh, we're going to talk about uh, a term that's used throughout Scripture. It's kind of a metaphor, and it's called ambassador. It's used, as I said, in multiple places in Scripture, but today we specifically want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and how Paul uses that term uh, to the, uh, as he addresses the Corinthian church. Now, it is a, uh, it's a uh, metaphor that, that was well known to the, uh, to, the, to the people there in the Corinthian, in Corinth, rather. And so when Paul presented this metaphor to them, he was presenting it to them in order for them to better see who they are in Christ, to see, better see who they are in Christ. So today, as we look at this scripture, there are three questions we're going to ask, we're going to answer, excuse me. We're going to answer, what is an ambassador? What qualifies us to be an ambassador for Christ? And what is our responsibility as an ambassador for Christ? Okay, those three questions. Uh, before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, uh, again, I just thank you for this opportunity. And Father, as we are gathered together in your presence, we just ask that you would, as said earlier, open our ears so that we might hear, open our eyes so that we might see, and open our heart so that we might receive what thus says the word. Father, we thank you. We ask that, that this time glorifies you and edifies the body. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, let's take a look at... 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to look at, start at verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And here's our point today, verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Amen? Amen. As I said, Paul 
audience was well aware of the term ambassador. And, and so what is an ambassador first? Let's not talk about an ambassador for Christ, but what is an ambassador? An ambassador is, is a representation of a, of a king, of a queen, of a government, and they represent that, that entity, and they are messengers for that entity. You know, we have ambassadors, you know, political ambassadors that go to different countries, and they represent the United States. So that's what an ambassador does. An ambassador represents the one who sent them, and it provides the message for the one who sent them. One other thing, most likely, more often than not, an ambassador lives in a foreign country. They live in that foreign country uh, that, they are ambassadorship, that their ambassadorship is to, and, and, and they live among the people of that country. So let's hang on to that because we'll come back to that. So what is, so now as we look at verse 20 in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, it says, without a doubt, it says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We are ambassadors for Christ. And, and, and as, as I said, Paul's audience was the church in Corinth, but Paul's audience is also believers in Christ. You know, I, 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 you, I'll say this, and hopefully you guys won't hold this against me. I used to use the term Christian, and that still is a valid term. But you know what? I don't know around the world, but in, in, in this particular, in our country, we have morphed that term, Christian. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So that's why I say believers in Christ, those who are believing in Christ, those who have accepted him as their Lord and Savior, those who are following him. So that's who Paul's audience is, the Corinthian church, but to all believers in Christ. <clears throat> and, God, and Paul said that God has one job, at least one job for all of us, at least one job for all of us, and that is to be an ambassador for Christ. There are many other things that, that he calls us to do, but we have at least one job. Now, it doesn't matter what your Christian service is. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't matter if you're a nursery worker. Our nursery is there for sure. It doesn't matter if, <laughs> if you're a hospitality or visitation or whatever. It doesn't matter what your Christian service is. You have at one job, at least one job, and that is to be an ambassador for Christ. The fact of the matter is every believer is set apart, ordained, and, and appointed by the Holy Spirit to be an ambassador for Christ. Every single one of us set aside, set apart by the Holy Spirit to be an ambassador for Christ. And at the moment that the Holy Spirit changed our heart, it really and truly changed our purpose. A changed heart equals a changed purpose. At that moment, things change. You know, our dreams change, our purpose change, our direction change, our desires change. That, that the, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit where he changed our heart, and, 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 and the scripture tells us he changed our heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. 
that change changed our entire purpose. Now, often believers are not sure what God is calling them to do. All of us have different callings. All of us have different talents. All of us have different spiritual gifts. And, 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 and sometimes we struggle. But okay, God, where, what are you leading me to? Where are you leading me to? How are you leading me? And that's okay. That's okay. But we need to understand that all of us have at least one job. As a believer in Christ, that one job is to be an ambassador for Christ. Now, being an ambassador, we may accomplish that in many different ways. It may look differently. Uh, it may be on the mission field. It may be any, there's a, any number of ways that God can use us to be his ambassador for Christ. But please understand, please understand that we all are ambassadors for Christ. So now, now that Paul has told us and the Holy Spirit has convicted us that we are ambassador for Christ, you know, we say, okay, what qualifies me to be an ambassador for Christ? Why, why is it that Paul said and the Holy Spirit has, has moved upon us to be an ambassador for Christ? Well, the answer to that question comes in two parts. First of all, let's take a look at, uh, let's go back to our text and look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's look at verse 17. Okay, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, hear this, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So our first qualification to be a, uh, an ambassador in Christ is we are a new creation in Christ. We are a new creature in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old things are gone. You know, sometimes, sometimes as, as, you know, when Christ saves us, sometimes we always want to hang on to the past. Sometimes we say, my past, because of my past, I can't, I, you know, I can't be a Christian because of my past. And no, Christ is saying, no, you are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, it's passed away. It doesn't exist anymore. We need to understand that God has put our past in the past, okay? He has taken our past and he has put it in our past. You know, although we had many sins, you know, but our sins are not greater than God's mercy. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, God applied the blood of Christ to us. He cleansed us. And now we aren't who we used to be. We are in him. We have taken on the righteousness of Christ. So when God sees us, he doesn't see us as we were. He sees us through the righteousness of Christ. And I love this verse right here. When you get a chance, I'm going to read Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. When you get a chance, go back and read this. This is what it says. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses 
by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He set it aside. He nailed it to the cross. Christ took it on the cross. And and I know soon we're going to be celebrating the greatest uh, 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 day in the history of the Christian faith, and that is the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to understand he nailed all of those transgressions, all of those sins, all of that past, he, it was nailed to the cross with him. It's gone. We have a new identity in Christ. Our old identity was nailed to the cross. Now, you know as well as I do, the world will try to give us an, an identity. You know, the world is saying that your identity is based upon your, your gender, this gender identity thing. It's based upon your politics. It's based upon your race. It's based upon how much money you make. The world has all kinds of identities that it wants to give you, and it wants you to grab hold to. But what I say to to you is, and to myself as brothers and sisters in Christ, our, our one identity is our identity in Christ. That's our identity. Now, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I'm a man. Yes, I'm an African-American man. There's nothing wrong with it, those identities. But if something in there is contrary to our identity in Christ, then our identity in Christ overrules that. Our politics, no matter what it is, our identity in Christ is primary who we should be. Not, not who we should be. It's who we are. It's not who we should be, it's who we are. The fact is, we have to recognize ourselves as that. We have to recognize ourselves as, as our true identity is our identity in Christ. This is another verse. Psalm 103:12 says this. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. They're gone. Those transgressions from the past, those transgressions from the future, from the present, and and even those transgressions in the future, they're gone. They're gone. The sin, not, not only the sins that we have committed, the sins that we're going to commit today, and we will, believe me, we will, I will, and those sins that we have, we will commit in the future. They're gone. Future sins, gone. It's wiped away. As far as the east is from the west, they're gone. That's what our identity in Christ means. The new has come. The old has passed away. Now, we need to understand that the only power that can take our transgressions and move them as far as the east is from the west is who? Christ Jesus. That's it. As I said earlier, he nailed those transgressions to the cross with him. They are gone. So no matter what our past is, don't let our past be a hindrance to us being Christians or being followers of Christ. You know, the fact of the matter is I've heard some people say, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not ready because I, I, I'm not prepared. I've done this. I've done that. You know what? 
We're never going to be ready for Christ. We're never going to be good enough. We're never, ever, ever going to be good enough for Christ. But you know what? The fact that he nailed our transgressions, our sins, to the cross, that's what makes us available for Christianity. That's what makes us available to be believers in Christ. That's what makes us believers in Christ. That stuff is gone. The old is gone. Now, do we, will we sin? Of course we will. We're in a flesh. We're in a fleshly body. We will sin. But those transgressions, they're gone. They're gone. So since we are a new creation in Christ, we have a new identity in Christ and a new purpose. That's key. We have a new purpose. And what Paul is saying to us and what he's saying to, 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 to the Corinthian church and what he's saying to us and believers throughout, throughout uh, biblical history, we are ambassadors for Christ. So that's the first part. What's the second uh, 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 answer to the question that why we are qualified to be uh, ambassadors? The second thing is this. Let's take a look real quick at... Uh, Take a look real quick, quick at verses 18 and 19. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation the message of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. Because of sin, because of sin, the sin from Adam and Eve, and it spread down to us, we were separated from God. Whether we believe it or not, we were. We were separated from God. And, and, and so, and, and the scripture tells us that God reconciled us back to him, himself. So, what, when, what does it mean? What is reconciliation? What is, what is Paul talking about here? Well, a, a textbook definition of, of reconciliation is the restoration of friendly relationships and of peace from hostility, alienation, and separation. We were separated from God because of our sins. That means we were alienated against him. Excuse me. We were hostile to him, and we were separated from him. We did not have a relationship with him because what? He is a holy God, and we are unholy people. Mankind, in general, is unholy. However, Christ's virgin birth, his sinless life, his death, burial, and resurrection removed the hostility between mankind and God. Through grace and faith alone in Christ, God sees us through the righteousness of Christ, as I said before, and what? Now we enter into a father-child relationship with God the Father. A father-child relationship. Where we were alienated, we've entered into a father-child relationship. And that relationship will last throughout eternity. That relationship is not just for when we 
accept Christ as our Savior, it lasts throughout eternity. God has reconciled his elect back to himself through Christ. And we need to understand this. And sometimes, sometimes some of our other brothers and sisters in Christ don't quite see it this way. We have to understand that God reconciled our, us to him. We did not initiate the reconciliation. We weren't able to. We were dead. We had a heart of stone. There's no way. Everything, there wasn't anything about us that wanted to have anything to do with Christ. Nothing. As a matter of fact, as, as we go back to Genesis and we look at Adam and Eve, what, what did they do? They hid. Why did they hide? Because they were guilty because of their sin? And what else? They were ashamed of what? Their nakedness. So they ran from God. We, without Christ, have no desire to have anything to do with God. So if there's any reconciliation that's being done, it's him doing it. We're not doing this ourselves. We're not going to Christ. I'm sorry, we're not. We're running away from Christ. That's our nature. It's him that's, that's pursuing us, that's, that's, that's chasing us, that's, that's reaching out to us and grabbing us and bringing us to him. It's him. We're not doing this ourselves. Okay? We are not doing this ourselves. So he, so, so what makes us qualified to be an ambassador for Christ? First of all, we are a new creature. And the second thing is, God has reconciled us back to himself through Christ. Okay? Those two things. It's that simple. We don't need any coursework. We don't need any college degree. We don't need any training to be an ambassador for him. Those two things qualify us. Those two things, those two simple things. Okay, so now that we know that we are an ambassador and what qualifies us to be an ambassador, the last thing we want to talk about is what are our responsibilities? As ambassador, God did not call us to be an ambassador for Christ without giving us something to do. You remember, again, go back to Genesis. Even when he created Adam, he gave him a job. He gave him some responsibility. He told him, your job is to take care of this garden. And so, as ambassadors for Christ, we have some responsibilities. Let's look at verse 20 real quick. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. As we look at this verse and we unpack what Paul is saying, Paul is saying, you know, at the beginning he says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. And Paul, and Paul has this writing style to where he uses this word, therefore. He does this a lot in his letters. And what that means is, based upon what I've told you, It is the foundation of what I'm getting ready to tell you, okay? He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Because you are a new creature in Christ, 
because you have been reconciled back to the Father through Christ, you are, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's it. He reconciled us. He gave us a new identity so that we can be an ambassador for Christ. So what do we ambassadors do? Again, we represent Christ. We are his representation. We represent him. Let's think about that. Our actions, our words, our deeds, even our thoughts, they represent Christ. And we have to understand, you know, <laughs> the world, well, I'll say, I won't say the world. I'll say, I'll, I'll pick on us in the United States. There's a lot of hostility towards Christianity right now. There's a lot of hostility towards Christianity. And we have to understand that we are representing Christ. The things that we do, people are looking at, at Christians. People are looking at us. They want to say, eh, well, look, you know, is that, if that's how a Christian acts and that's how a Christian talks, I don't want anything, any part of Christianity. So our actions, our words, our behavior, we are representing Christ. They represent Christ. So our first responsibility as an, as an ambassador is to properly represent God, what? In this foreign land. Remember, earlier we said more often than not, ambassadors serve in a foreign land. Brothers and sisters, we are in a foreign land. You say, what? I'm in America. No, you're in the world. We belong to heaven. Our home is in heaven. This is not our home. This is a foreign land. We belong to Christ and his kingdom first. Like his identity is, is who we are, we belong to him. This is a foreign land. And in this foreign land called the world, we represent Christ. Okay, so the first thing we do, we represent Christ. The second thing we do, and as we look at the last part, the second part of uh, verse 20, it says, God making his appeal through us. God making his appeal through us. So not only do we represent God, we are his messenger. He is speaking through us. As ambassadors in a foreign land, this world, God is speaking through us to the world. God is speaking to the world through us. And as I said, he's using our actions, our behavior, our words to appeal to the word, to this world. And it says, and, and, and I'm reading from the ESV, it says, God making his appeal through us. And then it goes on to say, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's the message we should be sharing with the world. Be reconciled to God. God wants his message of reconciliation to be so strong, it's as if he's begging. He says, I implore you. 
He's begging. He wants the world to be reconciled to him. He is begging. He is begging through us. Be reconciled to God. That is a strong message. Can you imagine the sovereign God, our sovereign God, begging? What does that show? That shows his love. That shows his love. He says, I'm begging you to be reconciled. And, 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 and who's taking that message to the world? That's us. We are reconciled back to God through Christ. And we are called to be reconcilers. In other words, we have been reconciled so that we can help others be reconciled. Okay? Does that make sense? We are reconciled so that we can help others to be reconciled. We're taking that message. Be reconciled to God. That's the message that we're taking to the world. And the message is not our message. It's not, our, it's not Martin's message. It's not Pastor Wes's message. It's not, it's, it's not even Evergreen's message. It's God's message. It's his message. We're the messenger. We're the ambassador. We're the one that's representing. We're the one that's, that's giving the message. But it's not our message. Because you know what? We can't bring anyone to God. But what we can do is we can take the message. And you know what? As, the, as a body of Christ, as a local body of Christ, and as a universal body of Christ, we have to do whatever is necessary to take God's message to the world. Whatever. Evergreen. In Spain. That's what they're doing. What are they doing? They're taking God's message to the world. We have to do whatever is necessary to make sure God's message gets to the people that are supposed to hear it. That means we take it to the world. That's our responsibility. That's who we are. That's what he's calling us to do. By any means necessary, whatever the barrier is, whether it's a language barrier, whether it's an ethnic barrier, whether it's a whatever it is, we can't say, well, we're not going to take, we're not going to talk to this group of people because of, you know, this, because of that, because of the other. They don't look like us. They don't speak like us. They don't live like us. None of that matters. God is saying, no, that's not an excuse. We need to do whatever is necessary to create and take that message, not to create the message, but to take that message to wherever he's calling us to take that message. So, Evergreen, my brothers and sisters in Christ, who've, who've allowed me to spend this few minutes with you, God, God has called you to be ambassadors for Christ. And as a church, as you grow and mature into your identity of who you are as individuals and as a body of Christ, remember, 
that God is sending his message of reconciliation to the world through you. That's individually as members of Evergreen and collectively as a body of Christ called Evergreen. That's what he's doing. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in Christ all things are made new. Thank you in Christ all things have passed away and we have been made a new creation in Christ. Help us to truly understand that this amazing truth is not only something for the future, but something that, we took, that took place the moment we believed in Christ as our Savior. We pray that we may come to a deeper understanding of what it is to be a part of a new and heavenly creation in Christ. Heavenly Father, what an amazing privilege it is that you should use us to be your mouthpiece and to be used as your ambassador for Christ to a lost and dying and hurting world. Enable us to share the wonderful news that God has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and that we can partake in that reconciliation simply by believing in him. We pray that many may come to trust in Jesus as their Savior in the days that lie ahead. We thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.